Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, and thank you for joining me for episode two of Round the Cauldron. This podcast is produced every other Monday to help bring the knowledge of Wicca, witchcraft, and paganism to anyone who might need it. And this week, we are going to be talking about Yule, because Yule is coming up faster than I would like it to, (laughs) just for a couple different reasons. Um, So, let's jump into it here. So, what is Yule, and why do we celebrate it as Wiccans? So, on the Wheel of the Year... Yule is celebrated in the Northern Hemisphere at the time of the winter solstice, and this year, in 2018, that is on Friday, December 21st. Now, on this night, the darkness lingers just a little bit longer in the hopes of keeping itself put in the world where it is, but it doesn't win. It doesn't win. This is the time when the light finally triumphs over darkness. So after the longest night of the year, the sun god is reborn the next morning. Days will get longer and the nights will get shorter as the sun god gains strength for the coming season. Now the winter solstice was celebrated by many ancient peoples. And this is because those kinds of astronomical events were often used to guide many of the things that these ancient peoples needed to watch out for regularly. You know, it guided um, the mating of animals and when to plant and harvest their crops to avoid starvation in the often harsh winter months. For us here in the modern times, you know, it's it's not quite that dramatic. Um, We don't rely on astronomical events to help us know that we won't starve this winter. Um, Most of us can just run to the grocery store when we run out of food. However, just because we don't have the same association with the winter solstice as the ancient peoples did, it doesn't mean that it isn't just as important. We just look at it through a slightly different lens now than we did back then. Uh, depending on your path, you might celebrate Yule in different ways with different deities and associations. And I'll go through a few different deities and associations associations of Yule from different pagan paths in a minute. Um, First, I actually wanted to to talk about something that gets debated every year in the pagan community and it gets on my nerves. Uh, It's really annoying. It drives me freaking nuts. And that would be the striking similarities between Christmas and Yule. Because it seems to bother a lot of people. Like, oh no, Christians stole everything from us pagans. They they wiped us out with their puritanical patriarchal god and stole our symbols and holidays. Yeah, no, that... It gets really tiring to read. 
actually, but I do want to talk about it here to share my opinion because um, it's my podcast and I can. <laughs> um, so, did the Christians really steal our traditions from our holidays? Or did the pagans that were assimilating into the Christian culture, you know, for fear of perf- persecution, didn't they? Did they just bring their traditions with them and spread them through the Christian holiday of Christmas? Um, it could be a little bit of both. And honestly, I think unless you were there, and if you were, you know, hit me up because I'd really like to chat with you. Uh, we may we may never know. That's fine. Um, from one perspective, you know, the people that were trying to get the pagans to convert to Christianity might have taken some things from the pagans and said, yeah, look, we do something like this too. See, we aren't so different. On the other hand, um, when they were trying to convert pagans to Christianity, it wasn't always peace, love, and light. Uh, and the pagans, you know, they didn't want to die. So, maybe they brought some of their traditions from their faith into Christianity in more subtle ways. Um, you know, but who knows for sure. And I, I get really tired of the bickering and the arguing between faiths. You know, you, you see those memes on Facebook, or just people arguing in general, if you're anywhere in the pagan community. Christians stole our traditions and used it to make Christmas, or... If you're on the other end and you have a um, Christian family, you know, put the Christ back in Christmas. I'm of the, I am of the opinion who cares how and why they're celebrated by other faiths. You know, let them celebrate and don't shit on other people's beliefs and faith. You know, and, and Facebook is really bad about this. Um, I'm not so much on Twitter, but I'm assuming it's like that there too, and I just, I just don't like it. Just get along with people. Let the Christians have their Christmas, and let the pagans have whatever holiday they celebrate at the same time. Uh, as far as the Wiccans go, that's going to be Yule or Winter Solstice, but that's not always the same. Let everybody have their own faith, and just be nice to people. And doesn't matter at this point, anyways, in time. I mean, we're not back in that age where um, us us pagans are having to assimilate into another faith just so we don't get killed. It's, I mean, at least here where I live, it's not like that anymore. Um, it doesn't matter that there are similarities between Christmas and the stories of Yule. It doesn't matter anymore that in most stories of the winter solstice we are celebrating the the birth of the newborn sun in terms of the sun in the sky and the days getting longer and the nights getting shorter. Whereas in Christianity they are also celebrating the birth of the newborn sun being baby Jesus. You know, there's so many similarities that, at this point, just leave people be and let them celebrate their holidays. I think that might be all I have to say about that for right now. Anyways, I needed to get that out of the way before I continue talking about Yule. 
because if you if you are one of those people who argues and thinks that it's so important that people know that most of your Christmas traditions come from pagan faiths, you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Not really. Not in the grand scheme of things. Just let it go. Celebrate your holiday. Let them celebrate theirs. And just enjoy the season. And don't get too wrapped up in the, this is from this, and you stole our our trees and our yule logs and and our candles and our mistletoe and it doesn't matter just don't um now that i've gotten a little ranty uh let's let's move on and let's talk about some of the associations of yule yule is it's one of my one of my favorite seasons, one of my favorite Sabbaths, um, besides Samhain. Samhain is my absolute favorite. But there's there's a lot more to Yule than meets the eye. And celebrating now can get a little hard, especially if you're like me and you have a day job and you, you know, you have to take Christmas off because I have to take Christmas off and I have to use my own personal earned time off to pay for that day off. I don't get paid for taking the day off. So I can't just say, hey, I want to take Yule off instead of Christmas because I can't work on Christmas anyways. And then, you know, that's, oops, I hit the mic. Um, That's money that I won't have essentially. And I can't afford to do that right now. Um, Where was I going with that? Uh, associations of Yule. So there are some herbs that are associated with Yule and most of them are things that you would normally think. Um, You've got things like thistle and evergreen, holly, mistletoe, oak, pine, all the trees. All the trees, all the green stuff. Um, And evergreens are, are actually seen as like a symbol of the universe in the eternal divine. And they were brought in for the winter because they never lose their color and they don't die from year to year like the deciduous trees. And they actually symbolize the continuity of life, protection, and prosperity. So that's why those things were brought in the house, not necessarily in the form of trees as we do nowadays, um, in the form of Christmas or Yule trees and we decorate them. Um, it used to be that just like little sprigs of the trees or the evergreens would be brought inside and used to decorate the house. Uh, sometimes they would be used to um, decorate above the door for the protection, decorate the outside of the door. I'm pretty sure this is where the idea of um, wreaths came from. Not sure though, don't quote me on that. But these these herbs and these natural things were brought into the home in in the hopes of bringing with it the protection and the prosperity um, and the the wealth of life essentially bringing that into the home and spreading it through the family you've got the colors associated with yules your greens of course we just talked about the evergreens your reds golds whites um, silver and yellow these are all 
all colors that they can either be found in nature all year or like the um, the green for the evergreens because they don't die during the winter um, or they are symbols and um, not symbols they are colors that represent rebirth and uh, the the sun and the god and the colors that really remind you of the warmth of the sun because after after the night of Yule after the longest night the sun he is reborn as far as deities go depending on your path and how you um, how you practice the deities that are going to be associated with Yule or winter solstice are going to be any of the newborn gods any sun gods and any mother goddesses now in a purely duotheistic wiccan perspective this is going to be the goddess as the dark mother because death is always followed by rebirth so the crone goddess of Samhain has simply turned the tide and she's now the dark mother that gives birth to the newborn son this yule as far as foods go uh, foods for Yule, it's going to be like your sweets, your cookies and cakes, your fruits, nuts, turkey, apples. I think a lot about corn for some reason. I associate corn with Yule probably because it's yellow. Um, but, you know, apples, apples really remind me of this season too. Um. I'm not sure why, but I know there's probably some really deep-seated emotional connection for me, I guess, for apples and this time of year. Um, not to mention the fact that if you cut an apple in half, you will find a star. You will find a pinnacle inside of an apple, and I just think that's magical as shit. Um. <laughs> what other fruit can you cut in half and find a pentacle? A representation of the divine in a fruit I mean that's just perfect so there are there are several ways that you can celebrate Yule depending on your situation um, sometimes I know it's not practical to hold a full-blown ritual every Sabbath I know for me that doesn't happen uh, I just got too much shit going on in my life to be holding rituals every single Sabbath and every single full moon and there's just too much going on um, so there's some simple ways that you can celebrate, and uh, one of them that actually goes back a really long time is caroling. Now, I've only been caroling, I think, once in my life, and ironically, it was when I was in something called Job's Daughters as a young woman. I think it was like, I think you have to be 11 to join Job's Daughters. And I, maybe I was 13 at the time. I don't know. I don't remember. Um, it was it was a while ago. Um, but we would get together in groups with the rest of our our uh, group, I guess, with the rest of us that were in our oh God, what did they call them? Um, 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 uh, Bethels. They were called Bethels. Um, kind of like a coven, actually. Um, anyways, it has nothing to do with with, with witchcraft. Uh, it was based on the book of Job from the Bible. 
anyways, we all got together and we would split off, I think, four or five of us and then one adult. We would go into different neighborhoods and we'd go to go house to house and sing carols. That actually comes from wassailing. I think I'm saying that right. Um, and wassailing, according to the dictionary, there's two definitions. One definition says, drink plentiful amounts of alcohol and enjoy oneself with others in a noisy, lively way. And the second definition, which is the one that applies in this situation, is go from house to house at Christmas singing carols. And so, depending on if you have a group or not, or if you guys are really rambunctious and outgoing, or if you've had enough alcohol, um, go house to house and sing some sing some Christmas carols, sing some Yule carols. Uh, I don't know if people would really appreciate you walking around singing uh, the Wiccan version of <laughs> the Wiccan version of some Christmas songs. Um, but, you know, go for it. If you don't want to, go house to house and sing Wiccan carols. Sing around your house. Sing while you're cooking dinner. Have have a good time. You know, it's not something that needs to be done in a public manner. Uh, you can also get yourself a Yule tree. And now this one's easier to do, uh, especially if you live with other people who celebrate Christmas, like I do. The rest of my family that I live with, so I live, it's me, my boyfriend, my daughter, and my mom and my dad. We all live in the house together, and um, they celebrate Christmas. I celebrate Christmas in a secular way, but uh, they also know of my path, and I see our Christmas tree as my Yule tree. So that's that's something that you could do. Um, you could also get a Yule log. The Yule log was, I believe, something that had to be gifted to you, not something that you went out and got yourself. Um, I think now, uh, I don't know, I don't know how true that is now. I mean, I don't have a fireplace, so I don't have a Yule log. I was thinking about making one this year because there's this really nifty thing that you can do with like a, a tree stump and you take it and you burr holes in it that will hold candles and that you decorate it with sprigs of evergreen and uh, colors of Yule and things of that nature and then you burn your candles every night until Yule and then on Yule you either burn the same candles or you put new ones in it and if possible let them burn all night now, only if possible, you know, don't leave burning candles unattended overnight while you sleep because that's not a good idea at all. Uh, so if you can't leave them burning all night, you could wake up before sunrise, light the candles, and sing the sun awake at dawn. You know, that's something I want to do with my daughter this year, but I don't know how we're going to do that. I'm going to have to... Check and see when sunrise is on Yule. You could also participate in the exchanging of presents. And we do this already at Christmas. If you celebrate Christmas, whether religiously or secularly, we exchange gifts. And uh, there's 
there's a couple reasons for it. I'm not not entirely sure on the historical accuracy of this, but I was reading somewhere, and if I can find it, I will put it in the show notes, um, that the wealthy people of the community, when people would go a-wassailing, or, you know, going around and singing their Christmas carols, uh, the wealthy people of the community would give Christmas treats to the carolers on Christmas Eve. And I think that just sort of translated over to our our modern day Christmas and how we celebrate it now. But I believe even in the older pagan traditions, this was a normal practice. Another way you can celebrate is by having um, having a Yule feast. You know, us, us Wiccans, us pagans, we're all about our food, right? We have a feast for everything. Um, but I think it's the perfect time to really be able to show your appreciation for those around you, your appreciation for yourself, and your appreciation for the divine in whatever way you celebrate and believe in it. Use ingredients that are seasonal or ingredients that remind you of the the coming change. So in this case, I'm going to use the example of the corn. Again, for some reason, the corn reminds me of the sun, reminds me of summer, um, reminds me of the warmth. So I am probably going to be making something called sun soup. So I haven't figured out exactly what I'm going to put in it, but I know I'm going to have like corn, I might have some spinach, um, some, uh, maybe some sort of sausage, um, maybe some rice. I'm not sure yet. Um, but I just want to make a really, really hearty soup that reminds me of the, the season that's passing, the winter season that is passing, but also reminds me that the God is gaining his strength back and the seasons will soon be changing again. I have some stories Two stories and a poem that I want to read you guys, just to sort of get in the spirit of the season. The first one is, it's from a book called Circle Round, uh, Circle Round Raising Children and Goddess Traditions. So this story is more geared toward children, but I like it anyways. It's called The Rebirth of the Sun, and this is written by Starhawk. It was the middle of winter, and the sun had grown very old. All year long, the sun had worked very hard, rising and setting day after day. All year long, the sun had fed everybody on earth, shining and shining, giving energy to the trees and the flowers and the grasses so they could grow and feed the animals and birds and insects and people. All year, the sun's gravity held tight to the spinning ball of the earth and the twirling ball of the moon and the eight other whirling planets as they traveled around and around and around until the poor sun was dizzy watching it all. Now the poor tired sun could barely make it up in the morning and after a very short time needed to sleep again. So the days grew shorter and the nights grew longer until the day was so short it was hardly worth getting up for. Night felt sorry for the sun. Come to my arms and rest, child, she said. After all, I am your mother. 
You were born out of my darkness billions of years ago, and you will return to me when all things end. Let me cradle you now as I shelter every galaxy and star in the universe. So night wrapped her great arms around the sun, and the night was very long indeed. Why does the dark go on so long? asked children all over the earth. Won't the sun ever come back again? The sun is very tired, the old one said. But maybe, if you children say thank you for all the things the sun does for us, the light may return in the morning. The children sang songs to the sun. They thought about all the things the sun gave them. Thank you for growing the lettuces and the corn and the rice and the wheat, they said. Thank you for growing the trees of the forest and the seaweed in the oceans and the krill that feeds the whales. Thank you for stirring the air and making winds that bring the rain. Every time a child said thank you, the sun began to feel a little warmer, a little brighter. Wrapped safely in the arms of night, the sun grew younger and younger. At last, the children had to go to bed. We will stay up and wait for the sun to rise again, the old one said. Can't we stay up too? the children asked. You can try. But you will get too sleepy, the old one said. But you can each light a candle, because all fire is a spark of the sun's fire. Put your candle in a very safe place, and let it keep vigil for you as you sleep and dream of sunrise. So the children lit their candles and put them in a very safe place, and each flame was a little spark of the sun's fire. And the sun peered out from between the arms of night and saw all the little fires, and began to feel warmer and brighter and younger still. Early in the morning, the old ones woke the children. Together they climbed a high hill and faced to the east, the direction of sunrise. They sang songs to the sun and ran around trying to keep warm. They waited and waited to see what dawn would bring. The sky began to turn from black to indigo to blue. Slowly the sky grew light. A golden glow crept over the horizon. Night opened her great arms, and, and in a burst of brightness the sun appeared, new and strong and shining. For in the long night the sun had rested well and grown young from the songs and the thanks of the children, young as a brand new baby, born out of night once more. Everybody cheered, and the children jumped up and down. The sun has returned! The sun is reborn! the people cried and they danced and sang to celebrate the birth of a new day, and then went home to breakfast. I really like that story, and I think it's a perfect one for children. So, um, if you have kids, I, I think you should definitely pick up the book Circle Round. Um, it's by three authors, Starhawk, Diane Baker, and Anne Hill. The next story is called The First Yule, and it was written by someone named Laurel, and I found it on a website called Pagan Library. Once upon a time, long, long ago, a beautiful woman lived on a blue and green island. She had many friends on the island. Fairies, trees, flowers, rabbits, deer, and birds. But she was the only person who lived there. She wanted to share her friends and her secrets with other people just like her, so she began to give birth. Every month when the moon was hiding, she gave birth. For the first six months, she gave birth to daughters with dark skin and eyes. 
For the last six moons of the year, she gave birth to fair-skinned daughters. On the seventh moon of every year, the, fir the first mother gave birth to a magical, sacred oak. As the years turned, many, many daughters were born, and quite a few oak trees as well. The daughters played games with the animals and each other. They climbed in the branches of the oak trees and gathered flowers with the fairies. One day, the first-born daughter of the first mother gave birth herself. The first mother was very proud and happy. Her favorite friend, Oak Tree, who was very wise, gave her a silver crown to wear and told her that she was now a grandmother. Soon, many of the daughters gave birth, and the island became an even happier place full of babies and big girls and mommies who all played together with the animals, the trees, and the fairies. One winter night, when the moon was hiding, one of the daughters gave birth to a baby that was different from anything they had ever known. It was not a daughter. It was not even an oak tree. It was a baby boy. It was a very dark, cold night, the longest winter's night of the year, so all the daughters and all the animals were snuggled up together to keep cozy warm. After their excitement of seeing a brand new baby born, the daughters and the animals realized that the baby boy was not feeling well. He was not as strong or as warm as the babies and trees that were usually born on the island. They all began to worry about the new baby and tried to help keep him warm. The animals with the furriest coats pushed up close to the mother and the baby. The fairies sprinkled magic dust above him, and the little girls sang wonderful songs and danced around and around the room. But the baby boy couldn't get warm enough, and soon he was too cold and tired even to cry or to drink the healing milk from his mother. The first grandmother was so afraid for the baby boy, she tried to hide her tears from her daughter and ran out into the forest. The snow was very deep and full of white glitter. She tried to walk, but it was just too deep. So, her friend the owl carried up above the snow filled clouds deep into the magic forest where her firstborn, most sacred wise friend, Oak, lived. The first grandmother intended to ask her friend for advice about the baby boy. When the owl reached the clearing where the sacred first oak tree lived, the grandmother gasped. There was no snow on the ground there, and in the, and in the middle of a perfect circle lay her friend the oak. The tree had fallen to the ground and broken into a pile of logs and branches. She rushed to kneel beside the broken tree, and her teardrops turned into sparkling icicles on her cheeks. While she was trying to understand what had happened to her dear friend, a coyote entered the circle and brushed up beside her. First, the coyote kissed her tears dry, and then whispered a secret in the first grandmother's ear. The grandmother nodded, and with the help of the coyote and the owl, she gathered some of the branches from her oldest friend, Oak, and they returned to her daughter with the baby boy. Using the gifts from the Oak and the secrets from the coyote, the grandmother built the very first fire that anyone on the Blue and Green Island had ever seen. The fairies were shocked. They had never seen anything dance like that without wings. The animals laughed. They had never seen colors so bright except on springtime flowers. The daughters didn't know what to do. They had never felt anything as warm as the sun sand on the beach in the middle of winter. The mother brought the baby boy close to the edge of the fire, closer than everyone else. They were still a bit scared of this new thing called fire. 
The baby boy opened his eyes just a little bit and began to wiggle his fingers. Then he smiled and moved his toes too. When he was warm enough, he snuggled with his mother and drank her milk, and soon everyone was certain the baby boy would be okay. They were all so happy, they danced around the fire, singing their favorite special songs and giving little gifts to the fire. The baby boy grew up strong and happy because of the gift of the first oak tree. He had many sons of his own and taught them all to plant acorns on the seventh dark moon of the year so that there would always be many, many oak trees on the island. Every winter, on the longest, coldest night of the year, all the people who lived on the blue and green island built a very special fire. They brought in a special tree and honored, honored it with shiny ornaments and glittery fairy dust. They picked one very special branch or log and sang their favorite songs while they decorated it. Then they would give this beautiful log to the, for, to the forest as a present, and all the children would hear the story of the gift of the first oak tree. On the longest night of the year, whenever you light a candle or build a fire, remember the story of the first grandmother and the coyote who told her secret. No matter how cold and dark it seems, the sun will always be reborn and bring us warmth and light again. Now, I don't know the origins of this story, and I don't know if it's um, if it contains any mythology or something of the sort that would tie it back to Wicca or paganism in any way, but it is a really cute story, and I do like the fact that it does contain some of the elements of Yule. Um, in it, in it at the end. Now this last one that I'm going to read is a poem that I found actually on allpoetry.com. I will link to that in the show notes as well, but it is called Of Holly and Oak. And if you get a chance, do a little bit of research about the Oak King and the, and the Holly King. Um, I read somewhere that it is an old Celtic myth, I believe about two brothers who were twins. One ruled the light half and one ruled the dark half. And when time came for one to sort of um, uh, give up his rule for the time being, they would have a, a little battle, I guess. Um, but I like this poem as well, so I'm going to go ahead and read it to you. The Holly King was crowned and armed and ready for the duel. He blackened the sun out of the sky, and the stars were twinkling cruel. The solstice tells the story of this king upon his steed, how the darkest night of all the year would see the holly bleed. The oak king came to challenge him where the greenwood trees stood tall, there to clash their swords until the wounded one should fall. They fought there for their kingship and a maiden wise and fair, the ever-changing goddess, eternal in her care. The oak king ruled the days of light. His symbol was the sun. His hair was golden, bright and wild. His cheeks were red as rum. The holly king was king of night. His beauty thus was dark. Hair of ebony, sleek and long. His smile of ice was stark. Dark the night I call you forth, if you would dare to come. I cannot die tonight, I know, my reign has just begun. The holly king came forth as bid, and smiled with humor lost. You cannot reign forever, though, for death will be the cost. The oak king looked into the sky, the moon was gazing down. 
She looked upon the both of them with a silent, heavy frown, as valiantly they gave their duel with honor fair and true, until the sun climbed to the sky with daring golden hue. The oak king struck with force of day straight to the dark king's heart, as the dying of the darkest night tore winter's hold apart. As the wounded one fell to his death, the light began to grow, and the crown upon the oak king's brow began to burn and glow. My reign has come, my holly king, your time is nigh to end, for the days now lengthen fast from here with the strength I have to lend. And the holly king he faded fast, his blood upon the floor, as the goddess held the oak king long, his heart was dying sore. So though the night is dark and drear, and yuletide cold as ice, remember light is coming back, warm as wine with spice. The holly and the oak king will always meet to duel. When the wheel has turned full circle, it will once again be Yule. So merry is the darkest night, and merry warm your life. Our world will turn in circles, bringing joy as well as strife. All things will pass and be reborn, the seasons tell us well. Remember, in the darkest night, the king of darkness fell. If you enjoy this podcast, please feel free to leave a review anywhere you listen to help others find it. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Round the Cauldron, on Twitter at Round the Cauldron, without the D, because apparently it was one letter too long, and Patreon at patreon.com slash roundthecauldron. All links can be found in the show notes at roundthecauldron.com, and that is a brand new domain name. Yay, I have my own domain. Um, But until next time, happy Yule, and we will see you in the new year.